Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Hey folks, I'm excited to be able to introduce to you today, Pastor Jeremy Rance. He's a good friend of mine and uh, he pastors in Ohio, Monclova Road Baptist Church. He's got a heart for the Lord and really a heart for worldwide missions. I thank the Lord for his friendship. He's a wonderful preacher and I know that you're gonna be blessed by his ministry in the Word today. So get your Bibles ready if you would and let's be intent on hearing what Brother Rands has to say to us about missions. Hello, and I want to thank Open Bible Baptist Church for allowing me to be here with your church in the opportunity to look at a message out of missions here today. I want to thank your pastor, Pastor Riddell, for his friendship and for this opportunity as well. I know that your church is a church that focuses often on missions. I know you have a heart for missions. You give and you support missionaries. You have missionaries in and your hospitality toward missionaries is just to be commended. I know that your pastor has a heart for missions. You've done Bible projects and you've participated in missions month like you're doing this month. You've done missions conferences and church, well done. Well done. Our prayer is that God would continue to utilize and use your church to continue to get the, 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 the word of God out, the gospel out in your area there in Williamstown, in South Jersey, in the entire state of New Jersey, in this country, and also around this world. And so I pray that this month has been an encouragement to you and will be an encouragement to you. And I pray that God today would use this message to challenge your heart in the area of missions. I know things are different with us here in Ohio as far as church is concerned. We're still meeting outside. We've been meeting outside since June, and our plan is to meet outside, <coughs> excuse me, through next month. <coughs> I know things are different there in New Jersey as well. But I hope that you will continue to have a fire for souls to be saved. I pray that you'll be challenged in your giving. Maybe even there'll be somebody there at Open Bible Baptist Church that God will call. God is still doing great things through this COVID pandemic. Although churches are different and although ministries have changed some, God is still calling men and women to the work of missions. God is still using churches to support the work of missions. And I hope today that you're encouraged. Let's just bow in prayer for just a moment. And then we'll get right into our message here today. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for the opportunity to open your word. We want to thank you for the opportunity to look at the subject of missions. And I pray that you would encourage the hearts of your church today. Bless us, Lord, as we study your word. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I want you to go with me, if you would, please, in your Bibles to the book of Acts. What a fascinating book the book of Acts is. We find in Acts, Jesus, he ascends back to heaven, and he tells the apostles, though, that I want you to wait, that my spirit is going to come upon you, and great things are going to be accomplished through the the church. The day of Pentecost came. Peter preached with boldness the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says some 3,000 souls were saved there on that day. And then the church began to grow. It began to multiply, and people were added to the church daily. People were being saved. The word of God was going out throughout Jerusalem there in Israel, and they were suffering great persecution. They came to the place where there was a man by the name of the the Apostle Paul. In for sake of time, I won't get into the history of it all, but you'll find it there in the book of Acts. But the Apostle Paul is saved, and he surrenders his life to the work of missions. His goal is to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the known world. And it's said of Paul, and it's said of the apostles and the disciples of Jesus Christ in the book of Acts, that first century church, that they turned the world upside down. Now, how did they do that? They did it because they had a willingness to go preach the gospel. They did it because they had a desire. They did it because there was a church that supported this endeavor so that the gospel could go forth to all the known world. Now, we come to Acts chapter number 13, and Paul and his company, the Bible tells us, they are coming to, uh, they departed from uh, them, they returned to Jerusalem, the Bible says in verse number 13. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and they sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. And then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, Men men of Israel and ye that fear God, give audience. And so we find Paul in this passage of Scripture. He begins to stand in the synagogue, and Paul's going to begin to preach the gospel. They're, They're not quite sure what's going to happen. Paul knows what Jesus Christ has done for him. And Paul with boldness stands there in this synagogue and begins to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He gives this history, the God of the people Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt and with a high arm brought he them out of it. And about the time of 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterwards, they desired a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Sis, and man of of tribe of Benjamin by the space of, of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Now this man's seed, God hath according to his promise raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. And when John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me whose shoes of his feet I am 
not worthy to lose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. And Paul, with boldness, begins to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to look at this passage, and we'll look down through verse number 41 in this passage of Scripture. And just for sake of time, we're not going to read all of it. We'll go through it as we study different sections of this chapter. But I want to talk to you today of the work of missions. This work of missions. If you've been there at your church, I, as I said in the beginning of this message, I know your church speaks of missions often. I know your pastor and the leadership there, the deacons, the church, those that have been there for years, has a have a burden to get the gospel to the world. And and you've you've sent missionaries and you're supporting missionaries and you're doing a great job. But we come to this day, this month, specifically this day, to look at the work of missions. We've seen God raise up the church, the New Testament church here in the book of Acts. Jerusalem was the hub of activity for the church. It was a healthy church. Jerusalem was a growing church. It was a vibrant place to be. Could you imagine what that church in Jerusalem must have felt like? People were being saved and baptized on a daily basis. The church was growing. There was great things happening. The gospel was being preached. Lives were being changed. What a vibrant place that place, the church of Jerusalem was. The church learned the power of prayer. They, they learned hospitality. This church began to receive these new converts and put them in their homes and begin to feed them and cared for them. Oh, what a place this was. They believed in prayer because they saw God work through the power of prayer. They believed in hospitality because they had to invite these new believers in and care for them. They suffered great persecution. I think as I study the book of Acts, as we look at this topic of missions, I want us to understand it begins, it starts with your church. Our local churches need to be vibrant places. They need to know that there's a power that comes with prayer. Our churches need to be a praying church. Our churches need to be a place that is hospitable to people that come. I would say this church, the more that we can get involved in the work of missions, the greater the work of missions there would be. The more the church, the more vibrant the church is, the more powerful the church is, the more the church is given to hospitality, the more people that will be involved in this work and the further the gospel can go in this world. The church has been persecuted. And although they've been persecuted, the church has thrived through all of this. You know, the, same, the story is the same as our story. God is working in your life to make Jesus Christ known. God is working today in your church to make Jesus Christ known. It hasn't changed for these last 2,000 years. God was working in the church of Jerusalem. God was working in the church of Antioch. God is working in the church in South Jersey. And God is working in your church. He's working in our church here in Ohio so that the gospel of Jesus Christ is known. And he's using all that he chooses to accomplish his mission. Missions is the heartbeat of God. God's desires that our churches take that gospel message and make it known. Our goal is to make Jesus Christ known to this world. Now, 
the word of God has reached Antioch. This is the exciting place here now in the book of Acts. No longer is it just there in Jerusalem. The church has now grown. It's been scattered because of persecution. And now they come to this church in Antioch. And this church in Antioch is going to begin to do great things for the Lord. They're in Antioch and into Asia and Europe. The gospel is going to go forth. The Bible says of this church, Antioch, that they were first called Christians in Antioch. It might have been used as a, as a, as a slang. It might have been used as, as, as a negative. But boy, what a wonderful testimony of church to be called Christian. And I pray that's set of our churches as well. Here in this church in Antioch, God isn't done. God wants to do more. He desires his word to continue till that command is fulfilled to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. That command that was given to the apostles, that command that was given to the first century church is the same command that's given to this church in 2020. God is not done with his church. Although persecution is coming, God is not done with his church. God is not done saving. God is not done saving souls. God is not done working in the lives of men and women and boys and girls. God's not done with his church. A command to every generation is given to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. An open Bible, because that command is given to every generation, we must take that command very serious. And I want us to see some things here in Acts chapter 13. When we speak about the work of missions, would you look with me in verse number 13 again? In verse number 13 of Acts chapter number 13, the Bible says this, Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Pergia in Pamphylia, and John departing from them returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, and went into the synagogues on the Sabbath day, and they sat down. And after reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. We find here that these men begin to loose, or the Bible uses that word loose, or they begin to go to these cities. They leave where they're at, to go to a place that needs the gospel. The first thing I want you to see this morning as we're looking at this passage of Scripture, I want you to see the surrender involved in missions, the surrender of missions. These men were determined to follow the Lord through difficult situations. They were determined. They were determined. I want you to see in verse number 8 of this chapter, although we haven't read that I want you to go back with me in verse number eight and look with me. The Bible says that there was a sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. There was great spiritual opposition for Paul and those that were with Paul. You see, there's a great surrender to missions. But those that surrender to missions, a church that surrenders to getting the gospel to the world, a missionary that surrenders to taking the gospel to the world. Any person, any church that is surrendered to the work of missions, 
you're going to face spiritual opposition. There's a surrender. Let's just talk about that today. I want you to understand that it's not easy. Although missions in giving to missions and going is what God's desire is, anything that God seeks to bless, Satan seeks to destroy. There's always going to be spiritual opposition. I want to encourage you, church, not to give up in face of spiritual opposition. This is the time when God is going to do something in your church that Satan will stir up problems. Satan will stir up difficulties. You see, Satan is going to do anything he can to disrupt your church from being more involved in missions. And Satan is going to do anything he can to disrupt your life from being more involved in, in missions. I want you to see there is a cost. There is a surrender to missions. There's a spiritual opposition. In verse number 13, as we began this passage of Scripture, we also find this, that, that uh, physically it was difficult. It's difficult travel here with missions. You've got to get to the place that people need to hear the gospel. We have one of the luxuries, like today, we're able to speak to you there in South Jersey from Ohio, and I'm able to do it through technology. And I know many missionaries today are taking the advantage of technology, but it takes a person going. You see, we can communicate, but this isn't really a, a relationship. You can see me, and I can see a camera. I can speak to you, and you can listen. But this is a difficult way to have a relationship with someone. Technology is wonderful. But in Paul's day, they didn't even have this technology. In Paul's day, they had to go and take the gospel personally to the place that they were going. The same with missions today. Missionaries have to get on airplanes, get on boats. There's missionaries in deep, dark jungles. There's missionaries in the Muslim world. There's missionaries that are living in danger, living in communist countries, taking the gospel. They have to get there. They're taking their families there. I read often of families, and I speak to missionary families that are taking children to the mission field. I have five children myself, and I tell you, anytime we take a trip, it's never easy. The older they're getting, the little bit easier it is. But I remember when our children were young, it was so difficult just to take a trip. To go on a vacation, to have to get on an airplane was not something I was interested in doing. The surrender to missions, we need to understand that spiritually there's going to be opposition. Physically, it's going to take a toll. Church, I just want you to just consider this. As we think of missionaries that are leaving their families, that are going overseas, that are going to different parts of this world, there's a toll it takes physically when someone surrenders to missions. We ought to pray for them. There's a there is a spiritual opposition. There's difficult travel, physical. In verse number 13, the departure of a friend, John leaves them. Paul and his company are having to say goodbye. I want you to know this, that the surrender of missions, it's emotionally as well. It's emotional. There's a lot of opposition when it comes to the surrender of missions, Satan's going to oppose you. Physically, it's going to be difficult. Emotionally, it's hard. 
missionaries that are leaving their family and leaving their friends and leaving the comforts of their home churches and going to places that they've never been before, a culture they have to learn, a language they have to learn. Emotionally, this is taxing on missionaries. Ministry is not easy. But when God calls a family, when God calls a missionary to do this work, although spiritually and emotionally and physically it's difficult, I want you to know this as Paul found out that God also equips you with his strength. Paul learned in the midst of his missionary travels that God's strength is sufficient. There's a, there's a cost. There's a surrender. We see in this passage the heartache that can come. Church, I want us to consider the heartache that missionaries endure when they're surrendered to go to the mission field. I don't say this so that we feel sorry for them. I say this so that we understand them. I say this so that we can pray for them. I say this so that we can support them. I say this so that we can lift them up before our God and ask our God to meet their needs, understanding that there is a surrender to missions. There's always going to be heartache. But it's for the furtherance of the gospel. Maybe today God's working on your heart to go. And all you're looking at is the heartache. You're looking at the problems. Maybe you're a missionary and you are dealing with the heartache. You're dealing with the sorrow. I want to encourage you with this, that God is always going to bless. God is always going to supply. The heartache that we endure for the furtherance of the gospel, it is for Jesus Christ. A surrender is necessary. A surrender is necessary to God's will. A surrender is necessary to God's plan. And a surrender is necessary to do it God's way. This is necessary in the work of missions. There is a constant wrestling that takes place. But I want to remind you, church, that the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There is a constant wrestling. Oh, church, I want us to understand this. Although we hear missions often, although we know that it's something that we're supposed to be involved in, although there's some that are listening that know that God's calling them, it's not something to take lightly. It's something that does take sacrifice. It is something that takes surrender. But it's something that is worth it because in that surrender, the gospel of Jesus Christ goes forth. and God is going to supply the needs necessary for that to happen. This is why it's so important for the sending church to be a fervently praying church. This is why it's so important for the sending church to be a financially giving church. And this is why it's so important, church, for the church, the sending church, for your church to be faithful and growing. And churches that are sending churches, we need to know the power of prayer. We need to be committed and we need to be surrendered. If missionaries will surrender to the call of missions, then churches need to be surrendered to missions as well. We need to be surrendered to prayer. We need to be surrendered to financially giving, and we need to be surrendered to faithfully growing. It ought to be the responsibility each and every one of us take 
You get the gospel of Jesus Christ in our community so that the church is strengthened. It ought to be the responsibility of every believer as we see people saved to disciple them so they can grow in the knowledge of the Word of God so that the church can continually faithfully grow so that more missions around this world can be accomplished. You see, it takes a surrender. It takes a surrender on the part of the missionary, and it takes a surrender on the part of the church. Church, are you surrendered? Are you surrendered to do your part so that the furtherance of the gospel can take place? Individual, are you surrendered to do what God's calling you to do so that the furtherance of the gospel can take place? You see, the health of the sending church is so important so that the surrender of the missionary can fulfill God's plan for the gospel. And so in verse number 13, I find that there's a surrender to missions. In verse number 14 and 15 of this chapter, let's take a look here again. We find Paul in Acts chapter 13. When they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch and Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and they sat down. And after the reading of the law, and the prophets and the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Something very interesting took place here. They came, they went to the synagogue, they sat down, they listened, and they began to preach. Secondly, I want you to see this. Number one, the surrender of missions. Number two, the labor of missions. Missions is hard work. It's not just vacationing in a different land. We know that there's a surrender. We know that there's, there's, there's difficulties. There's a labor to missions. It requires action. It requires doing something. It requires us giving. It requires us going. There is a labor to missions. Here we see it requires, number one, involvement in the culture. As they went to Antioch, they went to the place where they could understand the culture. They come to the synagogue there in Antioch. They're not from this city. And so what do they simply do? The Bible says they come down and they sit. They simply want to learn. You see, the labor of missions, it requires involvement in the culture. It required Paul and his company to go to where the people are. Even with technology today, and I believe that we can use technology in such great ways like we're using it today, but it still requires engaging in the culture or involving in the culture of people. The gospel always is about you and I going to individuals, going to where the gospel is needed most, going to people. There's an involvement in the culture. In verse number 15, I find this as well. There's listening to their beliefs. You know, the best way that you can understand how to give the gospel is to try to understand what someone believes. Paul and his company come to this place. The first thing they did wasn't set up on a street corner and just start preaching. The first thing they did wasn't necessarily even start a church. The first thing they did was they involved themselves in the culture. They went to where people were. And secondly, they listened to what people believed. They wanted a better understanding how they could approach people with the gospel. They sat. As the people talked, they listened. Now, they knew what they believed, but they wanted to know what others believed. 
And then I want you to see in verse number 16, as we read, is this. They get up and Paul, the Bible says, beckoning with his hands. He calls the people that are there and he engages the people. You see, I believe this. This is the model that we see Paul and his team employ. We ought to utilize this model here and on the mission field. I believe that this model is the model that we there in South Jersey or here in Ohio or wherever you may be as you're listening to this message, whether you're here in America or you're on the other side of this world, this biblical model works. If we want to see people reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ, church, we need to be involved in culture. See, I'm afraid this has happened. I'm afraid because we've seen so many blessings in America. For many years, America seemed to be a Christian nation. It was founded upon Christian principles. Church was a growing church. They're saying now in this country that America is a post-Christian nation. People aren't necessarily interested in Christianity any longer. We now are living in a generation where they have never attended church. There's more unchurched people living in our generation today than ever before. It's more than just opening our doors and hoping people come. If we're going to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, church, we need to involve ourselves in the culture. We need to be involved and be where people are. We can't stay in our bubble. We can't just stay and do our thing and hope that someone comes. We have to go. Whether it be community events, whether it be parades, whether it be festivities that take place on Main Street, whether it be public schools where we can get in and Bible clubs, whether it's coaching little leagues so that you can get the gospel to those that you're coaching and the parents that you're coaching. You see, I'm afraid the church has become uninvolved with its community. Oh, we have our token outreach and evangelistic campaigns every so often. We put up a sign that says revival, hoping people will come. But Paul didn't use that model. When Paul went to Antioch, Paul went to where the people were. And he involved himself in the people. In church, if we're going to see churches in America faithfully continue to grow, we in some areas may change, must change how we're doing things. And we need to get back to the Bible and how the Bible does things. Whether it's here or whether it's a missionary around the world, they need to be involved in their culture. We need to understand what other people believe so that we can then in, engage them with the truth of the gospel. I pray that your church, and I pray that the missionaries that you support, the missionaries that you send, will utilize this gospel-centered plan to get the gospel in your area and around the world. What we require of our missionaries ought to be modeled 
in our churches. You know, we, we think missionaries ought to see people saved, and rightly so. We think churches ought to grow, and rightly so. But church, I would say this, we need to not put more on the missionary around the world than we are living up to ourselves. Your church and the church that I pastor, they ought to be the model churches so that missionaries can model and God can bless the places they're at. We have people right here in our community that we should be reaching with the gospel. You have people right in your community. Church, I want to challenge you in the area of missions. There's a labor. And that labor for missions is not just for a missionary that quits their job and packs up their family and goes on the other side of the world. That labor of missions is a model that your church and my church ought to be following here today. We must be involved. We must be willing to listen. And we must be willing to engage. How will they know if we don't? <laughs> Romans 10.14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe on him who they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Oh, that verse ought to burn in our hearts. There's a labor to missions. There's a surrender. There's a labor. And then there's a message of missions. This is the fascinating, this is the wonderful part of this passage of Scripture. Look with me in verse number 17 of this passage. The God of his people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt and with a high arm brought he them out of it. There's a message. We find here, Paul begins with the message by just simply giving a history of Israel. He says Israel is a chosen people. It's a, it's a blessed people. God brought you out of Egypt for a reason. You see, the story that we find is the story that God calls a people unto himself. And through that people, the Messiah is going to come. And through that Messiah, salvation is going to come. And through salvation, all mankind can be saved and redeemed of their sin. And it all starts with this, this history of Israel. In verse number 21, it, he tells us the people choose a king. That king, they chose, but God then orchestrated it to be David. And through David's line and lineage, a, a Messiah is going to come. And in, in verses 22 and 23 of this chapter, we find God's plan for the Messiah. God sends Jesus Christ so the world can be redeemed. Oh, the message of missions. The message is proclaimed in verses 26 through 37 of this chapter. You would find this message is proclaimed. In verse number 38, you find the invitation to receive forgiveness of sin, to be justified uh, from all sin. Oh, listen to me. We find here in this passage of Scripture, the message of missions is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That ought to encourage us. That ought to excite us. Everyone that is hearing this message all month long, as you have missionaries that are going to be giving testimony, as you have pastors and, and guest speakers that are going to be preaching by way of video each week to your church and challenging you, what ought to excite you the most is this, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to go to a world that needs to hear it. And it's done through missions. It's done through a surrender. It's come, it's done through laboring, and it's done through this message of missions. 
Let it be known in every nation, in every land, to every people, in every tribe, that the atonement for your sin has been made by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, may that be the message of Open Bible Baptist Church. May that be the message of those missionaries that you support and those missionaries that you send, that yes, we are uh, dead in trespasses and our sin, that the human uh, uh, race is born sinful, that they are born without hope, but there is hope because there is an atonement for our sin through Jesus Christ. This message of Jesus Christ, this message of the gospel, is the message of missions. I wonder, church, will you be involved in the surrender? Will you today be involved in the labor? Will you be involved in the message? Will you be involved so that God's will can be accomplished? That all mankind will know that there is a God. We can spend eternity with him because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There's a work of missions. More than ever, we need to work. There's a generation that's coming after us. We need to lay the foundation. An old man going a lone highway came at the evening cold and gray to a chasm fast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed it in twilight dim. The rapids held no fear for him. But he turned when safe on the other side, and he built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, cried a fellow pilgrim near, you're wasting your time in building here. Your journey will end with this closing day. You never again will pass this way. You have crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build you this bridge at eventide? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, in the path I have come, he said, there follows after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. The stream which has been as naught to me, to that fair youth may a pitfall be. He too must cross in twilight dim. Good friend, I'm building that bridge him. Will you be a part of building a bridge? Open Bible Baptist Church, will you continue? Because there's a generation coming after you that need to hear the gospel. Will you be sure that the work of missions is firm at Open Bible Baptist Church? Will you make sure that it's firm in your home? Because there's a youth coming behind you. Will you build a bridge? Will you be involved in the surrender? Will you be involved in the labor? Will you be involved in the message of missions? May God bless you. Hey folks, thank you so much for watching today. I hope that it was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you don't know Christ your personal savior and you accepted him today into your life, and, and you put your faith in him. I would like to send you free of charge two things. First, I'd like to send you this book, Done, is written by a friend of mine, What Other Religions Don't Tell You About the Bible. And then secondly, a brand new Bible, just like this one, I'd like to send to you. So please, do me a favor. First, I'd like to hear about your commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill out the electronic connection card right below, click the link. 
when you fill that out, put your address in and I will be happy to send this book done and this brand new Bible free of charge to you. God bless you and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.